Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, this is The Bright Side with Technisha. A daily broadcast on real-life issues that will keep you motivated. And now, here's your host, Technisha. Good afternoon, everyone. Today is May the 17th, 2014, and you're tuning into another episode of Bright Side with Technisha. Now, we all remember those days. Our parents took us to the carnivals, to the fair, eat the popcorn, everything. Awesome. We remember the school plays. Those were the days where we could actually sit back and relax. But here with me to bring back all those memories is Mr. Clyde, Clyde Ritter, Clyde Ritter Brood, and he's with the Ritter Brood Touring Company, and they are so awesome. I mean, Ritter, Ritter's Brood Theater Touring let me start over again. The Ritter Brews Touring Theater Company, and they are an awesome bunch. They go around, they put on parties and everything. And, of course, my children in the background, they sound like a carnival, so hopefully they'll mix right on in with it as well. They sound like they're part of the production. <laughs> so let's welcome Mr. Clyde on in. Mr. Clyde, how are you today? Very good, very good. Thank you so much for having us on board today. It's a pleasure. <laughs> I'm glad, and you know it makes me warm and feel good all inside, even when the weather's outside seems apparently gloomy and it's cold. Tim's on went back down in Atlanta, but I'm glad you're on. It brings back so many memories from being a child in the, in the plays and everything. It's awesome. I love to see things like this to take my children, the productions. Because it, it helps them to grow, helps them to learn, to show them what they can actually do, that you could be successful at anything that you choose to do. That's right. That's right. That's exactly what we're all about. I mean, a lot of the shows that we do uh, are all intended to be, you know, they're not like dramas. They're not like dry, you know, um, you know, boring type of theater. This is like a very exciting, you know, uh, improvisational. We get people out of the audience. We get them excited. We get them screaming and yelling and having a great time. So uh, it's definitely every, about people opening up and getting excited about uh, being alive, you know? Right. So, Kai, how did you even get into theater? Well, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of a long story, but some of it is, is more simple. Um, you know, my father owned a dinner theater uh, in New Jersey for many years, and I grew up in it. Uh, and my mother uh, is a jazz musician, and, you know, I, I grew up, uh, you know, following her around all gigs and stuff, you know, when I was a kid. So I kind of grew up in the entertainment industry uh, very young. Um, but then, um, you know, at around the 2000, I decided to start my own theater company, and, uh, you know, we've had a lot of ups and downs and a lot of tough times and, and good times. But, um, you know, after all of a sudden, we made it. And, we, and we've, we're now we're at a point at 14 years where we're, you know, it's my full-time job. We're making great money and, um, you know, uh, doing, you know, over 160 shows a year. Uh, so, uh, you know, it took a long time to get to that successful point, but, um, but we were able to get there. That's one thing about it. No matter how hard you be wanting, it takes time and baby steps to get to that point. Some people still be waiting on that opportunity, but I'm glad that now that you're out there, you're a known name. What were some of the difficulties just getting out there, trying to let everybody know who you were? Well, uh, you know, when we started out in 2000, it was just me and a couple friends uh, that really just wanted to do shows. 
And, um, you know, the kind of brand of show that we do is very, you know, fun and that, you know, it's in a dinner theater environment. So, so people might be at a restaurant and, you know, we're doing a murder mystery or a pirate show or a, a carnival show or something like that right there while they're eating. Um, but when we started off, you know, we really didn't have any gigs. We didn't really have any work. So I just drove around to restaurants, you know, and just kept on saying, hey, you know, why don't you try us as an entertainment option, you know, instead of a karaoke, you know, or instead of, you know, something else, you know, why don't you try to do a dinner show? And um, I just kept knocking on doors, and after 100 no's, every once in a while you get somebody that says, all right, I'll give you a shot. Um, and that's how we kind of got started the hard way like that. Okay. So just knocking on doors, you know, and and just asking, just asking the question, will you hire us? You know, uh, that's how it really starts, and that's what you got to do in order to get yourself from zero to one at least. Right. I'm sometimes thinking about just going out there, taking a reporter's microphone and just do my own news story. Maybe somebody will notice me. Well, you know what, it's, it's, I, I look at it as this, I mean, I'm kind of a, you know, spiritual person myself, and, you know, I kind of think that if you have a goal in mind, and if you can visualize it and see it, uh, and you keep hammering on it, eventually the world will give it to you, you know, you just got to be relentless and refuse to accept defeat, and uh, eventually uh, it just happens, and you're like, hey, how did that happen? <laughs> I think I got so caught up doing my radio show that I have put it to the side, and and I was talking to my friend yesterday because she was congratulating me on my show, and she was like, I'm glad you're doing something else. And I thought that she would would have probably been happy being where she's at because she actually got a job as a news anchor, and that's what I was trying to do, find a job in the reporting industry. And she was telling me basically it's not all pictures and cream because you don't get to tell your truth you have to tell whatever truth they want you to tell. And she was like, that, that doesn't make me happy at all. She said, if that's something that you really want, go for it. But she said, I'm just be up front. And I have heard, she's not the first. I even went to a convention for a National Association of Black Journalists in New Orleans, and they were talking about that. You're not going to be able to get to that point where you be able to tell your own side of the story. And I know a lot of reporters have to go through that, but I think that's just, some things that you do have to take if you want to stick into that job. I don't know. Uh, maybe some people are happy. See, that'd be that'd be something I would have to talk to another reporter about. Like, are you really happy? Because I have interned around like Tom Jones and other reporters. So, but uh, enough about that subject. Um, hopefully, I, if if it's God, I'm gonna put it like this for me, Clyde. If it's God willing, I will get there. If it's not my purpose, then maybe this is my mission to do the radio show. Well, I mean, you know, you, you kind of hit on a, on a thing that a lot of entrepreneurs have to face, and that's the idea of, you know, do I keep working for other people or right. do I go on my own? And, uh, you know, it, I'll, I'll be honest, it's not for everybody because, you know, some people can take that kind of risk, uh, you know, and say I'm going to, you know, walk around in the street with no shoes on and starve until I make it. Uh, some people just, you know, that, that, that's not, it's not important enough for them to pay the price. Um, and, and, and so there is always a gut check there. And, you know, that's why some folks, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll have their part-time thing, like your radio show maybe, or somebody trying to start a theater company. They'll do it on the right. side and work it, because that's what I did. It took a long time. I was working as a real estate agent. I worked as selling pool tables, you know. I, I did a mascot, you know, standing on the side of the street with a sign in my hand, you know, 
I mean, I did anything in order just to make ends meet uh, until I could get there. Um, So, you know, somebody wants something bad enough, they they, got to pay the price. You know, as they say, you got to do the due diligence and sacrifice in order to get there, you know. Right. All, only good sacrifice. We don't want the we don't want the bad one, bro. <laughs> so <laughs> well, of course. I mean, you know, sometimes it's you know too hard, you know. But um, I mean, me, I'm not sure about you, but I had so many times when when I was doing this that everything came crashing down, and like we, we, we had a really we got lucky when we first started, like a year and a half into our theater company, we got picked up by a place in Atlantic City to do shows full-time. So for like three years, we were like a full-time company. Like out of nowhere, we got really, we stumbled into this lucky thing. Um, but then in 2004, you know, the guy lost his shirt and went bankrupt. And we were all suddenly like, whoa. And we went from doing, you know, 200 shows a year to doing five. And uh, wow. I had to, you know, sell my house and declare bankruptcy, and I moved in with my mom. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty humiliating. Um, you know, me and some of the guys, we just refused to quit and said, you know, we're not going to give up on this. You know, we've, we've seen it succeed once. We know it can succeed again, and, you know, we just got our legs blown off here. But, you know, I think that if we keep doing it, and, it, and we did. We, we went from five shows to creep back up to 10 and 15. Um, and, you know, we, we've gotten there, but, you know, that was a psychological, you know, brutal hit to take that and go from 90 to, to five miles an hour after you just had that success and tasted it, you know, um, you know, it, some people might've just said, you know what, I tried, I, it didn't work, but we, we went another way. Exactly. And you're right. Anything that you want, if you want it bad enough, you will work at it and will not try to cut any corners, but, you know, that's something I will think about because I do, I still would like to just give it a try. And then if it if it's a bomber, which I know probably in my heart it is a bomber, yeah, because you're you going to do, like you said, if you're not really out on your own, it really is kind of hard to do what you want to do when you're not the boss. Sure. So you yeah. have to follow Rules. I'm, every reporter has to do it. They have to, they either tell that story or they just won't be sitting in the chair, and that's basically how it goes. You're going to tell the story. You know that some of the stories be a little, they be fabricated a little, and you'd be like, okay, this, this is what I got to really tell, so that's not right. But it is what it is, and I saw another report on Good Morning America. She gave up her job. She said she just couldn't work for a company whose ideas were not on her, so... Yeah, it's not always going to be Well, there was even I'll... something where there was a, I saw this Russian radio station where they had a Russian TV station and one of their reporters, you know, got set up with having to tow the political line, you know, uh, and they quit as a news anchor. I, I, you probably saw that yourself. It was on uh, CNN a little while ago. Um, but, yeah, I guess, you know, at some point you have to decide, you know, do I want to, do I want to be the director of my show, or do I want to be an actor in somebody else's show? Exactly. You know? And um, and you know, there's pluses and minuses. I mean, you know, I mean, there's some people that are 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 good at being a cog in a wheel, but then there's other people that just can't do that. They they have to speak their own truth. They have to go after their own thing or die trying, and that's what they're passionate about. But but not everybody is. You know, and, and that's, there's no shame in wanting to be part of somebody else's team. 
but no, it's not. you've got to see if that's you. You know, <laughs> know thyself, as they say. Exactly. Because it's not for everybody. That's exactly the word she told me yesterday. She said it's not for everybody, so I took heed to that, and I will, I will definitely make sure to cherish those words. <laughs> um, now, Clyde, well, what is it that makes you love uh, doing your radio show you know, well, what made you actually sign up and start doing it? And, you know, what what, what got you? Because that's a hard step, just that. You know, some people would never even have learned how to do it, to even try to do it, you know? I, I think what actually made me want to do it, because I thought about college when I went to Clayton State University, and I thought about how I just had so much fun just doing my own radio show, and then the fact that, I said, well, no doors are opening up for me yet for to get the news reporting job. So I don't want to sit back. I still want to do something that's part of reporting. If I can't, if I'm not writing an article for a newspaper, I could be doing something else. And I love to talk. So I said, let me just let me just give it a try because my cousin she does it, and it's going well for her. So I said, I'm just gonna just jump on in, and I love it. I love to talk. That's what I do. I'm a waitress, so waitress, we talk. We engage. Right. What I like to do with my radio show. I engage with people, and I want to see other people happy. Because there's always somebody out there who got enough, who has a story that's afraid to come forward. And I figure my radio show will help you get to those ounces. If you shy or don't know how to get it to what you need to get to, that's what my show is. Get you over the hump. Get you to the next point in life. So that's why. And, I, and you know what? Um, you know, uh, a good book. Well, one of the books that I read was, you know. Um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of, I don't know if you've ever read Napoleon Hill. I mean, that's a pretty pretty good one, Think and Grow Rich. But one of the things they say is, you know, you have to try to create that white, hot, burning desire. Um, like, I don't know if you noticed on YouTube, there's a video with Will Smith when he did an interview with Oprah. And, uh, you know, one of the things he said, he said, you know, I don't think of myself as being super talented. I don't think of myself as being the smartest guy in the block. But what I do know is that he says, he goes, you know, I... I I have this burning hot, no quit, will not stop, you know, like he even used the analogy of a treadmill, you know, if, if me and you are getting on a treadmill, I'm going to, I'm going to stay on there or die until, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like he wants it so bad, he'll, he's willing to die for it. And if somebody can say that they have that kind of passion, then they will succeed and nothing will stop them. I mean, and that, I believe that is true. You know, if, if you want something so bad, nothing is going to stop you, nothing. And if you believe that you're there and you already have that check in your hand and you already believe that you made it, you know, you, you, you did make it. It's just the world's got to catch up to you. <laughs> it's you exactly. Um, and you know, that's, it's that's, great to be alive, you know. It's it's a it's a great ride. You know? It is, and I, like you said, you just you just really got to get out there. You you just got to work hard for whatever it is, and no, because I don't consider myself to be perfect all the way around either. I just get out here and I do. I love it. It's fun. And you know, there's another part too, and that's to be somewhat relentless in in research. Like you know, when I started the theater company. Um, I didn't know a whole lot about advertising and marketing. I knew a lot about putting a show together. I knew a lot about what was fun on stage and what would get people laughing. I knew my trade, but I didn't know anything about running a business when I started. And, 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 you know, it showed, and I made a lot of mistakes and lost a lot of money and wasted a lot of time. 
but I, I, would, I knew I wanted to succeed, so I took the time to read, you know, about marketing. I took the time to research on, online, you know. And, you know, when things started going on to the dot-com, you know, when er- everything became Internet, you know, everything became Google search rankings, you know. I did that. I sat there and pounded on that computer until I knew how to get our search rankings high, while other folks just kind of just said, hey, you know, I'm just going to cruise along and, you know, so it, it takes diligence and, and and it takes that desire to, you know, look at everybody running next to you and say, you know, I'm going to run a little faster than that guy. You know? Right. Um, you know, Clark, you made me think of one of the quotes that I, I remember Will Smith said. I don't know if I can remember if it came out of a movie, but it was um, about the separation of talent and skill. It's one of the greatest misunderstood concepts for people who are trying to excel, who have dreams, who want to do things. Talent you have naturally. Skill is only developed right. by hours and hours and hours of being on your craft. And that is, right. that is some people are naturally just born with talent. It's already instilled in you. And the skill right. you, you have to develop. Yeah, and, you and know, like feel- you talking on the phone, like you have, I mean, I hear you there. I mean, you have a natural, powerful, presenting voice. I mean, you have a presence that I could tell. So you have a, obviously a talent, you know, and, you know, I would run with it. But, but like you're right, like Will Smith said, I mean, and I've seen this a lot with actors. I mean, there's a lot of actors out there that have talent. You know, they get out there on stage, and when they stand up there, the audience's eyes open up. You know, they can feel the energy. They can feel the presence. But but you know what they, they can't hold the job without getting fired because they won't listen to a, a, anything you know they won't or or they just you know they can't do anything they can't get their pass their license test you know so there's people out there that have an unbelievable talent but they just can't even seem to get through the day without messing up you know so that's where the skill comes in you know if you have that talent that's great but if you are also you know uh, able to sit down there and say I'm gonna hit the gym every single day and I'm going to keep measuring, you know, how much weight I'm going to do and I'm going to measure how long I was on the bike. I'm going to measure how long, how many calories I ate and I'm going to be relentless. If you put those two things together, you're unstoppable. And that's what people are afraid of. People are afraid of those individuals that can put those two things together because those are the ones that they got to watch out for. Right. Now, Clyde, when you was going through this, by you getting out there, did you take any courses for theater? No, I didn't do any of that because, you know, I, I was fortunate in that I grew up around theater. So, you know, I learned uh, really everything I knew at the time I learned from just doing it. Uh, you know, I didn't have much of a choice. You know, I, you know, my dad put me in the shows and, you know, I worked there. So I learned a lot from growing up in that. Um, so I had an advantage that way. Um, uh, and then of course I'd always been interested in theater. So I'd been involved in shows. Um, so I didn't wind up feeling like I needed to go out and hone my craft as an actor or work too hard to be a better performer. I found that my biggest challenge was, is, is, you know, it doesn't matter how good your show is. It doesn't matter how talented you are. At the end of the day, you've got to get somebody to give you money to come and entertain them. And that's the hard thing to do, you know, because everybody thinks entertainment's free, you know. Um, but it's another thing to walk up to a client and say, hey, give me a 1000 bucks and we'll do a show for you. Uh, that, that takes a different kind of technique <laughs> than being a good actor. 
because um, there's lots of people out there that can have a bad show, but they're a good salesman. Right. And then there's some people that have a great show, but couldn't sell, you know, couldn't sell a coat to an to an Eskimo, you know. So you know, you get somebody like that, you know, it doesn't matter how talented you are if you can't sell or you can't, you know, whatever your dream is, your dream has requirements, and you have to be willing to learn those requirements and achieve them. If you're a painter, right. you know, you need to learn how to paint, you know, but you also need to learn how to go to a gallery and get them to buy your paintings. If you don't have that skill, it doesn't matter how good your painter you are. Exactly. You know? um, right. So that's what I concentrated my mind on. I concentrated my focus on the sales, the building of a company, the building of an operation, the building of structures, that an engine that would continue to run even if I took my hand off the pedal. Um, those were the things that I focused my mind on the most. Um, you know, you brought me to a great point, Clyde, because I was talking about that with my customers. They were saying, they said, whoever trained you did a great job with you in customer service. And to me, when people say that, no, I don't get upset about that point because, yes, I was trained. I was trained to know the food menu in and out. I was trained to know what's inside the food menu, what has allergies and what doesn't. But to me, when it naturally comes to customer service, that you cannot instill in a person. No. Because, because by the end of the day, excuse me for saying this, but I think we're all adults. If you're going to be an asshole, you're just going to be an asshole. And you can train all you want. Cause you, <laughs> I, I mean, and, and that's true. Well, you know, some, some people aren't good waitresses or waiters. I mean, I, I, you know, I, like I said, my dad owned a dinner theater. You know, we I had to be a waiter a lot of times. And I personally... I was either the best waiter or the worst. I was never right. something in between. And and that was I was not a great waiter. But if I was in a good mood, you know, then then then, then my, my, my people would like me because I was funny and silly, you know. But if I was in the weeds and under a lot of stress, you know, I wasn't a good waiter. So it wasn't a good fit for me, but you know as well as I do working in that kind of industry it's all about personality, you know. It's all about, you know, if you're cracking a joke or making them smile and they really feel like you make them feel they're like they're, you're their important table, you know, then they'll love you and give you a great tip. Um, but if you feel like you're just, you know, punching the clock, they're going to be like, you know, I'm not going to give them anything special, you know. It's about personality being a waiter or a waitress, you know. And and that's definitely what I love about waitressing because it's a it's a personality thing and that's something that you cannot instill in another person. You can't just make them be happy. Some people are just gonna be mis- miserable. You could train them all you want to know the food in the restaurant, but if they think at the table, then that's a different scenario. Personality just has to come with you, and that's something that I don't think everybody has, but to their own. And just like you were saying about the theater. See, that came naturally. Some people, you've got to actually train to know how to act and really right. try to teach them to be the best actor. Normally, they probably get up on that stage, you know, they think you like, oh, no, we're going to try to work on you. You don't work on 50,000 mm-hmm. times. They still, haven't, they still haven't made that point. I took it. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I remember, Clyde, when I did my part, um, for Angelina Jolie from Girl Interrupted. <laughs> was, yeah. Boy, I... That part down, I thought I was the junk at the end. I can't even remember the lines now, but I had that part down. 
I practiced my butt off of that part. I was like, yeah, I, I don't know about Angelina Jolie, but I think I did pretty good on this. <laughs> well, I mean, you make a good point, and that's that, you know, even even if somebody doesn't have a brilliant, shining talent to, say, be an actor, by using work and repetition and just sheer dedication, you can you can achieve something very close to, to brilliant talent. Um, and, 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 you know, if you had somebody that maybe wasn't a great actor, but you trained them and rehearsed them over and over and over and over and over again, and you videotape them, you might think that they were really good, but really what you're seeing is their dedication on display, you know. But that's why, you know, if they can apply that dedication to something that they're already really good at, you know, whether it be, you know, it being a great, you know, NFL athlete or whether it being, you know, a golfer or whether it being a, a salesman or whether it being a waitress or whatever it may be, maybe they're mechanically inclined, maybe they're an author, you know, apply that to something that they're good at, then they're really going to, you know, really going to excel. You know, that, that's, that's the magic recipe is find what you love, find what you're obsessive about, you know, because that obsession, and obsession gets a bad rap in our, you know, society, I think. You know, people look at, you know, oh, you know, why don't you, you know, get a little bit more well-rounded, you're obsessed. Well, I think being obsessed is a good thing because it'll give you that extra juice, that extra fuel to stay up that extra two hours to read that sales manual, you know, <laughs> to become better at your job. You know, and um, so I do. Yeah, I mean, so, so yeah, it, I'm sorry. Um, I'm I'm sure a lot of inquiring minds probably want to know because we know that God can help you through any situation. Is that who kept you actually going at that time when you had the ups and the downs of trying to get out there in this business? Well, I, you know, I'll tell you what, I, I'm not, me personally, I tend not to be espousing any particular religion. That right. being said, I kind of have a little bit more of a deist philosophy in that I, I feel that there's a God, but I don't, I don't claim to understand his nature, her nature, what it is, but I definitely right. feel, especially the older I've gotten, I really feel that there is some power that, that's behind the world we see, and I, I don't proclaim to understand it. Um, and I, and I don't, I think that if everybody felt like, you know, Hey, you know, I don't know exactly what it is, but I know there's something there. I will say that I'm very, very grateful for everything that I have. And I feel that, uh, you know, um, something's been washing over me, you know, I might not know what it is. I might be too stupid to, to know, but, but I definitely can see something there, you know, and, um, that's probably the best answer I could probably give you. (laughs) Hey, that's the best answer. That I mean, you're not reneging it or nothing else. You're just giving your straight opinion. And if nobody can respect that, then obviously you have a closed mind because that's what we're supposed to do, um, be open to anything of anybody's feelings or opinions around here. So, And that's the type of person I am. I don't go on, oh, he said he don't like, he cry, oh, he this, he ants cry. I don't do all that. No. The man didn't say. Well, it's just like, you know, I don't want to say, you know, if you step to me, at least, you know, if I walk up and say, no, your version of God isn't, isn't right, that, you know, I think that's where people start getting into the danger zone because, you know, you know, make it a personal belief. You know, you can believe whatever you want to believe, and, you know, I guess we'll find out when we die whether or not we were right, you know. 
But, you know, I'm, I don't want to be in the business of walking around telling people what they should and shouldn't believe. Um, but I'd like to be able to help people achieve what they think they want to achieve. Um, and you can separate the two. Right. Yeah, I like that alphabetic. See, it's worked out. And I, I love it. It's <laughs> You can't. You cannot be mad with Clyde. No, Clyde. You can't even get mad with that answer right now. <laughs> so, Clyde. Now, when you when you go out to perform, what's the preparation and, and everything to get started? Well, you know, for a typical show, you know, we we have a van, a couple of different vehicles that we use, and you know, say for instance, we're doing a show like we have a show tonight. We're doing in uh, in uh, Eastern PA, and. Uh, we're dry. We actually have we have two shows simultaneously. We have one show in Tom's River tonight, which is a pirate show, and one show that's a Sherlock Holmes murder mystery in Eastern PA. And uh, one crew, you know, is driving out there. I spend the day setting up the equipment, the costumes they need, the sound system, the lights, and all the equipment. And um, I pack it for them. And then the crew shows up. They drive out to the location. They set up their equipment. The people come in. There's a caterer usually, whether it be a, a banquet facility or a restaurant. And they feed the guests, and then we perform the show. And then they laugh and have a great time. <laughs> and, then, and then we pack up and, and go home and do it all over again. So that's a, an example of a typical event that we do. Um, and tonight we have one in two different locations. So I'm, I'm going to the one in PA. Okay. Awesome. Because I know that you one time – came to Albany, Georgia, are you ever going to do it in Atlanta, Georgia, too? You know what, uh, you know, we have traveled around, but, uh, you know, it just so happens that, you know, the farther the travel, the more money it is. So some people aren't willing to pay the travel expenses. But we've gone to, um, we did do a couple shows in uh, North Carolina. Um, okay. You know, uh, but I have, we haven't been down to Georgia yet, although I was in the military, so I was at, uh, you know, I found myself at the, in Georgia when I was in the military in the Army back in the day. But, um, but I haven't been there since. <laughs> but it's a beautiful city. Oh, well, we're going to have to give, uh, get Clyde on down here in the ATL then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so how many performers do you usually have in an act? Uh, you know what? Uh, we do about 160 a year, although this year we're clocking up. I think we might even try to hit that 180 mark this year. We're, we're, uh, that's what we're trying to hit. Um, we've done over 1,500 shows since we've been in existence. Um, so we've done a lot of shows. Um, and, uh, you know, so this year we're hoping it'll be a banner year. And we also do a kids program. We have a community theater, uh, program, a school of the arts program at a Wood, New Jersey. And there we do some pretty large scale shows with like 60 people and big sets and 1,300, uh, seat, uh, theater. So those oh. are larger productions. Um, than our wow, normal yeah. touring shows. Um, and how many? How many of it do it be in in one performance? How many of you performing at one? Well, you know, in the in the larger main stage productions, usually we have between thirty and sixty people in the show. Ooh. But most of those people would be kids, you know, in in the big dance numbers and in the in the and usually the cast is maybe like maybe twelve, thirteen people are main cast members. Like we do a, a Christmas carol every year in December, which is one of our big shows, you know, Scrooge and the Ghosts, and, and uh, you know, it's a, it's a great show, a great Christmas show. Um, and we do that every year, and that usually has about 60 people and, you know, big, big music numbers and, you know, a huge set. It's, it's fabulous. Wow. 
that is a bunch. You have to put on one performance. I, and I did catch your performance on YouTube. I love it because it's, it's a setup. Just to see anybody put up all this all this um, stuff just to perform, you got to put up the decoration, everything. That takes a lot of work. Cause even when oh, I it takes an entire week. Usually it takes about oh, a week wow. to set it up. And uh, the Christmas Carol, we do usually four uh, events. We usually do a, a Friday night, a Saturday day, Saturday night, Sunday afternoon. So, you know, we set it up for a week, and then we do it for a weekend. Um, and then, but of course, meanwhile, we're doing shows at other locations. Like last December, we had 42 shows, you know, just that wow. one month. So often we're doing multiple shows at multiple locations simultaneously. So it's a logistical challenge. It's, it's a... You know, really, um, you know, we have a database that manages it. Otherwise, we just couldn't keep track of it all. <laughs> you know? So it's, wow. uh, it's a lot, a lot of moving it parts. Is. It is, because when I went to the Christmas Carol um, at the, dang, I forgot, what, um, at the Alliance Theater, I saw so much they had to put into it. And you can't even imagine probably the work that goes on behind the sounds like, this is a bit much. I mean, you'd be thinking it's so easy. Oh, they got this. No, they got to do the rehearsal, the decoration. Oh, yeah. I want everything. Whew. And then, of course, you got to well, put all the money. It's a lot of work, but not only is it mm-hmm. a lot of work, but it's a lot of work and then trying to monetize that. In other words, you know, you have to make money, you know. So um, there's a lot of secrets behind the scenes that people might not realize of how we, you know, accomplish all that. And, and do it in a way that actually generates money. Um, yeah. Anybody could put up a show and say, hey, I'm going to spend $5,000 and do a show. It's another thing to make $10,000 when you do a show. <laughs> That's right. the trick. Oh, I can't even imagine. Boy, I tell you. I commend, I commend you, though. I do. I commend you because that's work. And, hey, if you want to do it, then go right ahead for it. So, Clyde, what are some of your popular themes when you put on these shows? Well, um, some, of the, some of our more popular shows, besides this year we're doing a, a Frankenstein murder mystery, um, which is, a, 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 you know, an awesome show. Everybody likes the, the, the story of Frankenstein. It's kind of like a Halloween-themed uh, show. Uh, so we're doing Frankenstein all October. Um, but we have a couple different shows that we do. Uh, you know, we have a, a Sherlock Holmes, which is a very popular one. Everybody knows who that character is. Um, we have kind of um, a, a Roaring Twenties gangster-themed murder mystery show that we do. Um, we also do a game show um, themed. Uh, that's a little different. It's more like you're in the studio audience of a game show. So we have a lot of different products. Um, we also build sets for some other theater companies in the area that don't have the logistical capability of building a set, you know, in a short period of time, so we do that. Um, you know, we, we, we make money in any way you can. We also do, you know, so during the summertime, the kids can, you know, learn about theater, learn about the business by being involved in one of these camps and have a good time. Um, so that's another one of our revenue streams. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Get the kids involved, definitely, especially during the summer. They don't have nothing else to do. So I told well, my That's my favorite part. I love, you know, and, and theater is great for kids, you know, because uh, everybody thinks, you know, theater is about floss and, 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 you know, just silly and, and, you know, not really necessary. But, you know, people don't realize how much confidence building can come from theater because, you know, kids are right. not used to being in front of people. You know, they're not used to being in command 
you know, how many kids are used to being able to stand in the center of the stage in front of 300 people and tell them what to do? You know, that, that's really what the difference is. It's the confidence that comes from learning that is, is, is really so helpful in people's lives. And, um, and I've seen it be a transformative thing for kids, especially shy kids. Um, and it, it's a really powerful thing. It, it, it's a fear eraser. It gets rid of that fear. Um, and, uh, and that's a major thing. And uh, especially with kids, you know, people make so many decisions in their life based on their experiences, you know. I mean, like, you believe in space, but you've never been to space, right? You've only heard about it and seen it on TV. That's your only experience is what you've heard. Well, right. really the most powerful experiences that we have in life are things that have happened, you know. You know, you, you walk down the street and you get beat up. You know, you ain't going to walk down that street again. You know, that's a pretty powerful personal experience. You know, you're not going to do that one again maybe. But, you know, mm-hmm. if you just hear about something, yeah, maybe, you, maybe you'll try it. Maybe you won't realize how dangerous it might be or how good it might be. But when you do a show, you're simulating life experiences. You're, 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 you're doing a fake life experience that, that allows you to learn just as much as if you had almost done it, you know? So, and, and those simulated life experiences give people much better decision-making power as they get older. And they don't even recognize it that, but that's exactly what it is. So it's exciting, and we love to be a part of that. It is. That will break anybody's fear. That, I think that's why I loved it because you you're in a different world. You're some you're not you. You're you're in a mask when you're acting, and yes. that's what I love about it. Yeah, that's awesome though, kids. Definitely to get into. I wish I can get wish I um get my kids into certain things of that sort. Yes, but what we're gonna do? We're gonna yeah, end I up mean, taking. A- and those personal experiences and those different perspectives are so powerful. I mean, you know, for a kid. You know, let's just say there's a kid in a tough inner city area or something like that. You know, they're used to a life experience, but that might not be necessarily the best life experience that's going to get them to the, to, to the next level. They're in a mm-hmm. show where all of a sudden they get to be the advisor to the king, you know, and they're in control of these other things. You know, that now they're forced to look at the world through different eyes, and it's a pair of eyes they're not used to looking through. And they'll see the world in a very different way when all of a sudden you're in control you know, or see the world very different through the eyes of a general than you would through the eyes of a private in an army, you know. You're going to see the world very differently through the eyes of, you know, uh, you know a biblical character fighting lions in an arena. <laughs> You're going to see the world differently through those eyes. You know, so the culminating effect of all these experiences of being in these shows um, and remember, when you're rehearsing shows, you're repeating them over and over and over again. So that repetition really um, gives people a level of wisdom that they would normally not have had. Exactly. So, and and really, when people, when you really get them children involved, I mean, it just creates so much because once they get into it, they start liking it. Trust believe me, drop out. You don't have to worry about that. Attendance will be perfect. Um, if they have problems with reading, it really helps. It helps bring out all that out that child. So I think that yeah. would be very awesome. Every school really needs it. Yeah, every school needs That's all why that. It's just such a shame that schools cut, you know, those programs, you know, um, because, you know, theater, you know, it really is 
an important simulating ability to have different perspectives and life experiences. It's, it's actually in some ways more powerful than regular classes because they're actually engaged in a role-playing way, you know, wow. you know, uh, you know, teaching somebody about the Constitution and, and making them remember dates and stuff like that, you know, there's a value to that. But if you actually did a show about Independence Hall and when the Constitution was being written and one person gets to play Ben Franklin, one person gets to play Jefferson, they're going to really understand it in a way more powerful way than they would understand those lessons just having somebody just lecture them. Exactly. You know? Exactly. That it does. And they they say that really actor it just bridged the achievement gap. And my daughter well my daughters, they both have that reading comprehension. I was just thinking acting would actually probably help because see, you're working on reading, you're working on other things like Shakespeare and it it not only will it, it, it will not only help them to work to perform better, but these experiences also help them develop a better understanding of other works and of language and expression in general, you know, so I think... Well, you're, you're, they're, they're being exposed to vocabulary and words and ways of using words that, that they're not used to, and the, to them, they'll, they'll... The biggest way you notice how much of a change it is is when they go to a new environment and they talk to people and, they, and, and people are surprised that this kid, you know, knows those words and, and surprised that those kids understand and can comprehend those concepts because normally a kid wouldn't understand those concepts. But because they were in a show and everybody in that show did a whole rehearsal process, they, they know it. To them, it seems like, oh, well, I thought everybody knew that, <laughs> you know. Um, and it gives them an edge. It separates them from those others, you know. So uh, it's important. It's really, really, really an important thing, especially if they're choosing the right shows, you know. You know, American it's, Idol, you know, is, is, there's a limited amount of, you know, um, cultural richness you're going to get out of that. You know, it's the same thing repeated over and over and over again. But, you know, being in different environments, looking through different perspectives, that's where you're really going to get that strength, you know. Yes. Well, what well, we're going to do, do not go too far, Romeo's and my Juliet. <laughs> we're going to take a commercial break, and we'll be back with... Slide on the air, so don't touch that down. There's only one station that will keep you happy. Blog Talk Radio. We're taking more of your calls at 347-426-3751. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this commercial break. Okay, so just type the job website address here. That's it. Then you enter what job you're looking for there. Electrician. This is Peter. Recently, he got help going on the Internet for the first time to look for a new job. Okay. Then you just hit search and... In the past, Peter's gotten work through people he knew, but he heard there were more jobs online. There we go. These are all for me? Uh Uh-huh. Really? He had no idea just how many. I can't believe it. This one looks good. Peter is thinking the Internet might be for him after all. And this is just one website. Wow. Why didn't I do this sooner? 
See what the Internet can help you do at everyoneon.org or call 1-855-387-9166 to find a free training class near you. Brought to you by Connect to Compete and the Ad Council. All right, well, we're back, and this is all about drama and getting into the theater world. So my future entertainers out there, if you need to know more about information from Clyde, Clyde, if you don't mind giving your information to them. Oh, sure, certainly, certainly. Um, yeah, well, my, my website is www.riddlesbrood.com. Um, that's the easiest place to, to find us. Um, and the number is, um, is 609-377-9125. Uh, you can always give us a call if you're curious or want to find out more, uh, especially if you're in the New Jersey, Pennsylvania, New York, Delaware uh, areas uh, with that, that we serve. Uh, but take a look at our website. You'll see a lot of information up on there about us, and, and uh, I'm sure you'll have a good time. Why? Because that would be great for people who want to maybe audition and get your feet wet just to know what it's actually like. Oh, certainly, certainly. Yeah, I mean, so, if, Clyde, if, 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 I'm sorry. Oh, no, go ahead, Kai. Uh, no, I was just saying, like, yeah, I mean, that's a great, it's a great, it's a great, great thing to do if, if they're interested and their kids are interested in, in maybe getting involved uh, and they're in the New Jersey area listening. Um, yeah, I would definitely, you know, encourage them to be in, involved in our summer program or our uh, theater uh, school, of the arts program, which runs all the fall and the spring. So, Clyde, do you even have a book out on all this, on your adventures and your experiences? You know what? Uh, we actually, uh, I'm in the process of writing a book. It's not complete yet. We're hoping by the end of the year I'll be able to have it out. Um, and, uh, you know, that will be an exciting thing. So if, if somebody's interested in, in reading more about that, um, they should be able to see that online maybe in the next uh, couple months. I would say by January we will have it out, you know, for sale online. You know, and it will be won't be very expensive, but it will be, you know, just telling a lot about how we made it, how we got to where we got, and the difficulties and struggles that we had to overcome in order to get there, which I think would be useful for anybody trying to start off and do do something amazing with their lives. Oh, yes, and I, I hope everyone benefits from this. It's, it's so cool, and, and it's just so much when you get into live theater. I mean, just watch. Ashley just came back. One of the advantages of a live theater is that you watch it, and it provides that pleasure and it is considered as really I think it's considered the most gratifying and memorable experience for so many people who love art and theater. You you have to actually appreciate it. It's just so it's amazing. It is. You just sit there and enjoy it. It's it's entertaining but at the same time it's also very enriching and, and, and educational too. You know, it's it's an important yes. institution. Um so you know, thanks a lot for having me on. I don't, is there any any last questions that you, you have for me or any last couple things? Well, no, Clyde, unless you have something else for the listeners. I think that we had a delightful conversation. I appreciate <laughs> you. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. And, you know, uh, I definitely, um, you know, uh, you know, I'll keep you in mind, uh, you know, for your, your dreams too, you know. I hope you get to the point where you, you're, you're where you want to be and have your show, you know, and that's your – you know, full line of work, and, you know, it's going to get there. Thank you. Oh, Clyde, one more question before you do leave. Are there any future events coming up? 
yeah, we do have some shows coming up. Like we actually have a, show, a couple shows tonight. Um, yes. But if anybody's curious about when our upcoming events are, they can always take a look at our uh, calendar, which is on our webpage. It's actually riddlesbrew.com slash calendar. Um, you can also get it from the homepage, and that will have a list of all the events that are open to the public. So people can just call the restaurant if they're in the area and, and stop on by. You know, or if, if any of your listeners are a college or you know, a larger organization that wants to have some entertainment come out there, we, we can do that too. Oh, awesome. Well, I hope people do engage in that. And once again, Clyde, thank you. Many blessings to you and your company and the people who work with you. Oh, you too. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful, blessed day. You too. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Well, all my future entertainers, as I said, my Romeos and my Juliets, I hope that you enjoy this theater segment. But I will see you tomorrow at noon. And stay tuned on Blog Talk Radio with your girl, the Bright Side with Technicia. Thank you for tuning in to The Bright Side with Tanisha. Come back daily from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. God bless.